I must admit, I didn't think much of this show the first time I laid eyes on it. Seemed like a bunch of stiffs wasting nice the microphones. Trade of all time happened back in 1803. Go ahead. Napoleon Bonaparte traded the Louisiana Purchase for $3 million. Napoleon, what happened? <laughs> Half the country for $3 million. You can't even get Tucker Barnhart for $3 million. And I came to realize anymore. these guys are funny. And Justin Fields have identical stats the last five weeks about throwing the football. This guy, okay, and folks, is a fidget spinner. some of the best spare. gamblers I've come to know. If you're betting on USC, and or TCU, let it be known, you are a square. TCU is going to hammer this team tomorrow night. And I hate to hear that. Tomorrow when we afternoon. come back in here on Monday, you're going to be happy as a lark because USC lost, but you're going to be wrong about TCU. Get ready for the most useless hour of your day. It's time for Boxed Lunch, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Now, Casey, run that track. All right, welcome to Box Lunch. We have a pretty big show, a lot to talk about. I know Bengals are probably going to take up the vast majority of this show, and rightfully so, but I also want to get into some other things, some topical things over the, over the NFL weekend that I observed. I want to know if you observed them well, what your thoughts are on them. We have the cast of characters, as usual. We'll run around the room. Paul Fritschner, Reed Mouse, Seho, and Casey McAllister, who's always there, and Tom, who's thinking about leaving here as we speak. So here's the thought on the clock management thing. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because at the end of the day, we've all seen it. We've all heard it. I've said it before. And I'm, I, I propose the question to not only the chat, but everyone in the room. At what point in the NFL do we just assign this to someone as their job? There's millions of staffers on the sideline. There's millions of dollars in head coaches. They're not just coaches, but coaches in general. And somehow, some way, we can't find out how in the world to manage a clock. Now, I want to uh, bring up a clip here to start the show off first. Tom said that Stevie Wonder could have seen that it wasn't a first down. I disagree. I have a clip that I'm going to show you. I think that Mike McDaniels had an actual real reason as to why they had to delay a game. But it all comes back to the fact that you have no timeouts in the first place. So to start the show off really quickly, I want to show you one thing, and Casey, if you do me a favor, when you run this, if you could leave our mics hot. I don't know if you're able to do that while, we, while we're running live here. But keep our mics hot because I want to talk about a couple of things. Go ahead and throw it up there and don't run it yet, Casey, if you can. Um, put the actual just still screen up there with this Dolphins game. So this is a big moment in the game, right? It's third and two right there. And look at the first down marker. Usually the yellow line, in my opinion, the yellow line is accurate. 95 out of 100 times, right? The yellow line, if you look at it closely, is just a hair off from where the chains actually are, right? The chains are just inside the 49-yard line on this image. Hand the ball off, run the clip, Casey. There's a slow motion that I put inside of here on exactly where it should just automatically play the slow motion, Casey. So you'll see, I don't know exactly where his knee hits, but to sit here and say that he 100% didn't get that ball in his right hand, which the ball's in his right hand, didn't get it to the spot is crazy talk, right? It, it, it's, it's one of those things where to sit here and say that you know for sure that they got there. Now, this is obviously where they obviously had to go out in fourth and one, and then they got the, they got the delay game. 
So that's good, Casey. I mean, people have seen enough of it. I just don't know how in the NFL we're to a point right now, in case you can run that back up there. I have Mike McDaniels, I think, next, just so you know. On um, he you exit out of it? I'll give you some time to pull it back up. But Mike McDaniels explains to the to the folks exactly what he had heard. Run it with the audio, Casey, whenever whenever you're ready here. Um, but here is Mike McDaniels on what he was told, as Tom pointed out earlier. It'll back him up five yards. Whether you know, whether it was officials or coaching. Um, you know, there was some communication that we'd gotten the first down. So then we were um, deploying a, a group of players for the first and 10 call. And then it was, it was articulated uh, that no, it was fourth down. So. So that's that. I, I'll jump off of this real fast, Casey. I'm going to finish this point here. At the end of the day, I think, and I'll ask you guys around the room. I know you probably didn't hear that clip, but. Mike Daniels basically admitted that someone in his headset or someone told him that he was told that that was a first down. And that's why they ran out the first and 10 personnel. First and 10 personnel wasn't the same personnel they obviously wanted on fourth and inches. Mm -hmm. So then they tried to hurry out the fourth and inches and they never got the playoff in time delay of game. I think, and this is all speculative, I think that an official told him it was first down by the way that he's talking. I genuinely think that. And then all of a sudden, the other marker or the other person that spotted the ball must have made it short enough to where then now it was not first down. Do, are you, do you think that that would be a thing possibly to where he just doesn't want to call out the NFL and get fined a bunch of money because the, the official, you can't criticize the officials. You can criticize your own staff, but you can't criticize officials when it comes to a fine. Thoughts? Do you think that a, if a ref did tell him wrong information that they would rectify it? In real time? I almost feel like it's like a kid situation where you have two two line judges, right? Two people that spot the ball right, on right, each side. Right. The, the, the female on the near side, which was away from the Dolphins bench, is the one that actually spotted the football. The one on the other side was running in as well. I was assuming that when he was running back, he was telling him that it was a first down. And then it was just like this weird situation with, that you have as kids and adults, if we can be honest from time to time, right. where you're like, oh, shit. No, it's fourth down. And he's like, oh, no, 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 it's fourth down. Right. And you just kind of like, you just kind of just eat it because you know that mutually no one can prove that you told him it was first down. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh on the referees in that situation, but I, it feels like that's kind of might have what happened. Where, where did the – because I wasn't watching this game because that was a, actively when I was driving down. Where did their timeouts go? Because why couldn't they call a timeout in that situation either? Because they ran out. How did they use three timeouts before the two-minute mark in that game? Well, it's similar to there what the big clock go, one, too. Go ahead. Yeah, there, wasn't there like a random play clock one in the third quarter where they just called it? I mean, it was just terrible yeah. timeout management. Yeah, all game they had terrible time time management. Well, they had they had a third-string quarterback in there, so it takes a little Partly longer to relay it. plays, which Tom, Tom yeah. illustrated beautifully on his show. So, but... I, I don't – we're speculating here, right? Yeah, this is all speculative. And, and listen, it doesn't mean they are going to win the game. I'm not trying to say the NFL's fixed. No, 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 that's not what I'm getting at. Now, Trevor Lawrence said scripted. <laughs> I'm not going to get into this. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know you are. I, I'm just saying at the end of the day, I don't believe that that was the sole reason uh, for a win or a loss. They only needed probably 10 more yards for a field goal attempt, to, to be fair, though, to mm -hmm. tie the game. 
And I just think to say that it wasn't close is kind of wild. And then I do have the other clip. You've all seen it. I don't know how Harbaugh can live with himself in this situation. I don't have the whole entire length of time they took, but you guys were at the game. You didn't really get a chance to see it, perhaps, up on the screen. Paul was saying, what are they doing? What are they doing? At home, you're wondering, what are they doing? I know what the thought is. Right. The thought is, is we don't want Joe Burrow to get the football. We're going to let the clock run. But at some point, you're still on that 30-yard line. You're not, you're not like a goal-to-goal situation here. There's a minute and 10 seconds left. Were you expecting to throw a, like, throw a, a seam route and score in the next play? Or were you just going to keep running the ball, therefore running clock, and knowing that you're going to run more clock off? Like, and it's okay to score. Like, we've gotten so far into this notion that you have to run clock off at the end of a game instead of score. Just score. I'm not saying this is a, as, as just the Ravens situation, the Bengals situations, the Bills, the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen last year and those two defenses made it so unfathomable to think that you can't leave any time on the clock. When, in fact, let's face it, fellas, if that truly was the thought process with Harbaugh, I have a severe problem with that, too. Because the Bengals were not moving the ball on offense hardly at all in the second half. And, and they had three linemen out. And at some point, you knew they were going to have to pass the ball. Like, that's a terrible idea to sit there and be like, well, we can't leave any time on the clock for Joe Burrow. Watch this play. They run the play. It's at the 20, they're at the, what, the 28 yard line. He drops back to pass. Go ahead. He hits his receiver. First down, first of all. And the next play is getting snapped at 33 seconds. Is that it? Yeah. Right here. It's just, it's just the, basically the difference. You have a minute and 16 on the clock. He crosses the first down line at 110 right now. Timeout, 109 left on the clock. Instead, they save themselves for two timeouts. It's absurd. Enter on the 19-yard line. Casey, you can, you, that's enough. Like that, that is what I'm talking about in the NFL. You, there's too many people that spend 100 hours a week working on all this stuff for someone not just be like, hey, we, we need to call a timeout here. I don't necessarily think you need to call a timeout there, but you definitely got to hustle up. You can't let 40 seconds tick off the clock. You can't let it go all the way down to 30 seconds left. I mean, you can use those timeouts later, but hurry back up to the line, run a play at the 55, 52nd mark, and you know take 15 ball, seconds right? off. And the idea was was right, right? We're, we're all in agreement that he was trying to limit time away from Joe Burrow. You just get kind of lost in that idea, which is – has to be what happened to where he looks up at the clock and goes, oh shit there's there's 25 seconds left and he just just got lost in the whole thing and that's where trace's point about there needs to be a guy that's literal job is to sit in a headset and he can't he can't be a part of any other decision making because sometimes you get you concede right if you're in the if you're in the um the room the the coach's room and you kind of go like all right hardball's got an idea of this i'll concede to him he can do what he wants to do but no he's literally has a microphone and he just comes in at certain times like timeout and that's all you gotta say and then hardball just concede to them at that very moment well i think you hit the, the nail on the head with the point that this was very different and this was the the conversation that i was having with my friend while i was sitting there where or standing there when we were saying that he was not in a situation where you knew you were going to score. Right. If you're at the one yard line with 45 seconds left and it's first down. Right. Then you, then you, I know this is, it's tough to say that you know you're going to score because we literally saw them right, not right. score last night. 
But look, nine times out of ten, you're probably scoring in a situation like that inside the one-yard line. They were at the 40, the 30, the 40. They had a long way to go to even score the game-tying touchdown. It's not like they were setting up Justin Tucker. They're down three, and they're, you know, well, we could score a touchdown to win the game, but if not, we got the best kicker of all time. Uh, We can tie the game, send it to overtime, whatever. That's that. You're sitting there. The whole, I'm standing there. I'm going, what is? What are they doing? Right. I agree. I agree. Full, full heartedly. And then they they start to make some progress. They get down the field. Then you have a holding call. Backs them up. That's where you just can't rely on that. Something could go wrong. You could get a penalty. Whatever it might be. You get backed up. And now all of a sudden you're screwed. And you got to chuck up a hail mary at you, the very you, end. You've also got Tyler Huntley back there. It's not. It's not like you have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen to where. 40 seconds with those guys on the 30-yard line. Yeah, we can, we can score from We here. can still do this. It's yeah. like you need as much time as possible. Correct. And that's the final point I'll make in this situation. Could you argue from time to time you don't want to call a timeout when you're running when you're running tempo and you have a you have a defense on the proverbial the heels and you know that you know you just want to keep keep right. moving. That's not what the Ravens are and that's not what they were last night. They were just methodically moving the ball 10, 15 yards at a time. It wasn't like they were getting huge chunk plays. The biggest chunk play last night of the entire game outside of obviously the fumble recovery, but was the pass that looked like a sack to to I think it was Dobbins in the flat and he ran for 25 yards. That's the biggest play of the game right. for both sides. So to sit here and act like it, you know, they were going to be able to try to hurry up. My last point is this. The idea of saving timeouts at the end of the game in case so you just just so you quote unquote have one is the dumbest argument in the world. I'll tell you why. Because a timeout is worth 40 seconds at best. Right, guys? At your timeout literally is worth 40 seconds at best. And in that situation, right? I see it all the time. What are the two best times to take a timeout if you're trying to either save time and or basically make sure you don't lose a bunch of time, which I guess is the same thing is a huge sack and a huge gain or a 10 to 15 yard gain. Mm -hmm. It takes everybody 10 to 15 yards. They got to run up. They got to line up. They got to get the play call in. And then they take a huge sack. All the receivers that are downfield have to come all the way back. And your timeout is literally just there to save the what? Extra 20 to 25 seconds it would traditionally take. And the other thing coaches don't come to realize at some point is like there's penalties in football. Guys run out of bounds in football. There's incomplete passes in football. So when you're sitting there as the Ravens, I think the Ravens last night, correct me if I'm wrong, and we're going to move on and talk about the Bengals, is I genuinely think Harbaugh is like, well, we're going to take some timeouts at the end of this game right here. So it doesn't look like I'm going to walk home with two timeouts. So they took two timeouts with like one was with another timeout, and then the other timeout they took was like a five-second burn-off timeout. It, it's, it, I'm, so, I'm just like, I'm so baffled as to where at some point, maybe in five years, we just look back. and I want you guys to give me one example of like, in the NFL that they do something and we're like, why didn't they always just do it like this? It just makes perfect sense. It's almost like the idea when they implemented being able to put the play calls in your ears. Right. And it's like, why don't we just always put the play call in the ear of the quarterback instead of having a wide receiver run on the field and tell somebody that what the play is. I mean, at some point in five years, I hope that there's just like a clock game manager. There's gotta be. Well, haven't they already started? Well, there's a guy. Some teams have a guy that. Oh, maybe it's more of a college thing. Yeah, I was gonna. Like, maybe they it bring, is. They bring, they bring the sideline. Like they have, he's walking with the coach, and he's the one that pulls. Usually, it's the strength and conditioning coach right, or someone like that. Guy. Yeah, the get back guy, so he doesn't get a flag for 
unsportsmanlike conduct for being out there tripping at the refs. I'm pretty sure in, in, in what I've done, and I could be wrong, and this also could be the college game, but I do I, – I, I'll help with stats with some of these guys with with um, with broadcasters sometimes, and I'm pretty sure when I've put some stat sheets and prep sheets together, I have filled out information for like a clock manager or a game manager that ends up being a clock manager. But that that might just be college. I think that that I'm I'm serious. They should get every head coach should get a guy that they trust, one guy that they trust, and you say, listen. You're not going to be a part of any game talks. You're not going to be a part of any decision-making. The only thing that I need you for is sit in a separate room with a microphone to my headset, and you get in when we should take a timeout, and I concede to you at all moments of the time you're, you are in charge of calling these timeouts. Because I truly think if there is a game manager, a clock manager, oftentimes, especially a coach that has had the success that John Harbaugh has, you sometimes go like, he knows what he's doing. Right. I'll concede to him. He, he, he's going to be okay. You need a guy that is separate from everything. Nailed and it. his only job is to show up and go, timeout. Take a timeout right now. Nailed that's it. all he does. Nailed it. That's exactly what it needs to be. It needs to be somebody that that's their sole job. And at the end of the game, if the head coach gets asked about any clock management questions, he's going to say, I'll listen to my clock manager. Right? Sure. We, don't, we, don't, we don't sit there and complain about realistically like what defense they were trying to run at the end of a game on right. the head coach. Why? Because that's, that's the defensive coordinator's job. At right. some point, we just put that in the, in the specific person's job up in the booth they call a timeout all right let's move on to who day here's my thought on the whole situation i'm not again gonna sit here and play the advocate as a fan in fact i'll be the opposite i think that last night the Bengals got completely outplayed very very fortunate to win but the idea that i'm gonna sit around on a monday and i look at this chat board from time to time and i'm not trying to crush everyone yeah can you be pessimistic a little bit be upset that the couple linemen got hurt etc etc sure but like, what the hell is the point of being a fan if you wake up today and you're and you're not happy? What what are we doing? You you hit the lottery last night. Yeah, you shouldn't have won. You won. You won. It'd be like somebody sitting there playing the lottery or playing a scratch off for better terms, scratching off the ticket and being like, well, the person at the the person that made these things they messed up. There's a glitch. I won. Are you, are you not going to turn it in and be happy about it? At some point, as a Bengals fan, you'd have to realize that it is what it is. You're, it's so hard to win in this league, and especially win playoff games, that you can't take it for granted. And I guess the next question, and I don't want to jump forward with the expectations, and we'll get into the, the gauging the expectations from, for, after this quick little segment, but it's like, just listen. It's okay. It's okay to understand that things didn't go right, but then also just say, you know what? Who gives a damn? Let's move on to next week. That's what I'd be doing. I wouldn't be worried about what happened last night from an X's and O strategy. I really wouldn't care because this league has proven one thing and one thing only. Week to week, it doesn't matter. Things change dramatically, right? One week, the Bengals look terrible against the Browns. Next week, they go off and they haven't lost since. I seen very, very, very smart football people writing the Bengals off after 0-2 start, saying they had no chance to make the playoffs. There's your Super Bowl, what do they call it? The Super Bowl hangover? There's your Super Bowl hangover. It's the Bengals. Is it the Bengals or is it the Rams? 
So before you jump to conclusions on a Monday morning talking about how the, you have no chance against the Bills is absurd. It's like, stop being a fan. And I'm not even a Bengals fan, I'm telling you this. Stop being a fan if you're not happy today because of whatever happened. It's, 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 there's, your life as a fan will always be miserable if you just assume that you have to win the last game to be happy because not many people win the last game. Not many people. In fact, over the course of your entire life, call it 70 years, I'd say roughly what? 45 cities? 45 cities, maybe? Or 45, 45 times a city, I should say. I don't want to say 45 cities. 45 times a city is going to be happy. Out of, this, out, of the, out, of the 45, out of the 45 years, I'd say 30, 30 times a team's going to win. Like, there's going to be a do-over, is what I'm saying. Like, in Kansas City, you would expect to win more than one. In Cincinnati, if you're going to hang your hat on the idea of being happy after a Super Bowl win, it's going to happen twice in your life, maybe. Right. That's, well, What's that's, the point? That's the point that I've always tried to make, and, and not to get into to this discussion again about the difference between college fandom and NFL fandom. That is what has always turned me off about the college fandom is the, the idea that you have to have style points, right? you got to win by so many points. In the NFL, you just win the ball game, and, and you move on, and you give your hats off for John, to, to John Harbaugh, regardless of how he handled the final two minutes. He had the team in a credible position and, and executed the game plan to perfection. And then you just end up winning the ball game and you move on. That's all it is. The The most toxic thing a fan base c can do is when you're not winning enough. Is thinking you're not winning enough when you're winning ball games and are one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, Paul Paul obviously put in the group chat last night. I don't know exactly what you said. It was late. I was tired. But I think you said something along the lines. That's a win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a win. It's true. That's all that mattered, right? Like, I was sitting there and I was just... I was just thinking to myself, what do I think about this game? And I've talked a lot on this show about how much I've followed the Bills because of my friend. Mm -hmm. And and I just, I look at the Bills, I hear the Bills incessantly. I listen to year after year after year of Bills talk. I get it. This is going to be a long week for me. It's going to be a <laughs> strenuous week for me. But I was just so happy. after. I was like, who cares, right? Who, who cares? That was a win. What, what about we spent the money. Right. We spent the money. We saw them win. We went down. We, we had a life experience, as Trace says, we won. What about what, what Tom said about, about Luke, his son Luke? He gets in the car, and it, it's like they watch two completely different games. At the game, you don't realize how bad the Bengals looked. And that's, a, that's actually bravo to, to the fans because there was not a single Ravens fan in the crowd. So anytime the Ravens did anything, oh, I well, had one, two rows in front of me. Oh God, I didn't. There wasn't. He wasn't any, obnoxious though. He was fine. Anytime that the Ravens did something well, there wasn't a peep in the entire stadium. Because if yeah. there were seventy thousand people there, there might have been uh, the whole dozen Ravens fans that showed up. Yeah, showed up. So when you're watching the game live, you had no idea how bad things really were. Yeah. You really didn't. And and you you walk out and you won. So that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. That, I mean, go ahead, Sarah. I was going to say that experience of Hubbard's play. Me and my, oh, my gosh. My mom and I were there, my stepdad, sitting on the basically 20 rows up on the goal line where it happened. He runs it back. And I've experienced some pretty cool things as a fan in the stands, whether it be Pike to Bins in Pittsburgh in 2009 or when I was working the Bengals Chiefs AFC Championship game last year, being there for that kick. This is number three. I mean, there are beers flying. I'm jumping off my seat. I knocked my glass or my mom's glasses off her face celebrating. Oh. People are throwing popcorn, beer. I mean, it was complete pandemonium for 20 seconds. And then once I got home and saw the call from Tariko, 
That was fantastic. I'll be honest. Are we in the trust tree, fellas? Yeah. Had a tear in my eye. You cried? No, I didn't cry, but I did have a tear in my eye. I was in the opposite. I also, didn't, I also was jumping so hard, I didn't realize it was Sam Hubbard. So oh, then when I saw the, like, thing, like, I was just going, because, like, to me, I was like, oh, he's going to score. And I was just running him. Like, I was turning around. We were all hugging before he even scored. And, and then I realized it was Sam Hubbard. I was like, oh, this is even better. Yeah. So, so you guys were all in the south end zone, right? I was in the opposite oh, end zone. Oh, you were in the north with me. So by the time. I was on the north side of the field. Okay, yeah. So by the time, and I, like, I couldn't see his number. And by the time he got to, like, midfield and I had kind of, like, realized what was going on. Because it all happened really quick. And I was looking down when the play snapped. I didn't see the snap of the play. Right. So I was like all out of sorts. And I, my brain was catching up to what was going on. And then I didn't see the number. And then it just was pandemonium. It was unbelievable. The, the guy in front of me, I could, you couldn't see the actual play happen because it was on the opposite side of the field. The guy right in front of me goes like, "Did that was, was that a fumble? And then like you just see Sam running. Yeah. Like, and then you're like, oh, yeah. my God, what is going on? Yeah. And then you lose it. Great yeah. game. Yeah, it's it's an all-time moment in Cincinnati sports history, in my opinion. I mean, there's not that many, like, specific moments that you can, like, point to and say that was the specific difference in a game. Like, Not as cool as the Mark Lewis Grand Slam. Well, maybe not. But I'm just saying in general, there's not many times in a football game where you can point to one specific play and say that, at the end of the day, was the exact difference. If the Ravens punch that in, I think they win. They didn't. So they lost. Simple as that. Um, gauging expectations really fast, fellas. I don't want to spend a whole ton of time on this because I want to talk about really the, 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 the narratives, the league itself, the big bad bills. Let's get to the big bad bills here in a little bit. I can't wait to talk about the bills. Um, I just, I just say like at this point in the season, I'm not saying as a Bengals fan that, that you should be satisfied with like 100% happiness, but I think there needs to be reasonable expectations going forward as far as like where your heart lies in this whole situation. The Bengals have suffered through a lot of injuries. They've they've persevered through a lot of a, a lot of circumstances that they did not foresee coming, and to expect them to win the whole damn thing, I think is asking a hell of a lot. Now, does it mean they can't? No. Does it mean that your heart's not going to be like worn right on your sleeve during this Bill game, Bills game? No. But I don't want to hear anyone complaining about Zach Taylor. I don't want to hear anyone complaining about the Bengals' season, no matter what happens on Sunday. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, as an outsider, the Bengals have had a good season. It depends on whether or not you call it great in a couple weeks, but they've had a good season. And the idea of thinking that it could be a failure, no matter what happens on Sunday, is, is blasphemy. And that's the expectation part. I see people in the chat talking about, like, well, the Bills are going to run through them. Well, we'll talk about the big bad bills in a second, but are they? I mean, Casey said it perfectly earlier, and we'll go around the room and talk about like what you what you're most proud of or what you what you like the most about this the, the Bengals team. Here's my thought from an outside perspective. Casey said it is about as good as one can say it earlier. The Bengals are a defensive-minded football team that just so happens to have weapons on offense that from time to time can step up and make beautiful plays and you can hang your hat on the fact that they they're they're beautiful looking highlights but the reason this Bengals team wins games has nothing to do with the offensive line has nothing to do I don't say nothing that'd be strong but not a whole lot to do in my opinion with the offensive weapons we all talk about it has a lot to do with the fact that they always find ways on the defensive side of the ball to make stops when they need it the most and they've done it time and time and time again 
Are you giving Bellas. credit to, to Lou Anarumo? Are you giving credit I've to never, Lou Anarumo? Time out. Here's the, here's the misperception of me and the whole Lou thing. I just find it hilarious that he gets all of this credit for all of these things in the second half and watching him cook when it's just they have a good defense. They have good players. And I think far too often coaches are criticized way too much when things go bad, and they're given way too much credit when things go good. Last night, you could say whatever you want about Lou, but they were getting carved up, getting absolutely diced up last night. Thankfully, they made a play, but it wasn't because of Lou. So that's my whole point with the Lou thing. It's just like sitting here and being like, you know, giving a man credit that I, I don't know. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve any credit. I'm just not. I'm just not. I'm just not here to say that he's Bill Belichick for all God's sake. Yeah, you can't go. Ahead. You, you can't say that that we are. We win ball games because of our defense. Then you can't get, then immediately give credit away from the defensive coordinator. It's okay to be a King Lou guy. We welcome. We welcome you on board, Trace, yeah. with open arms. We love. We love King Lou over here. Leader of men. We love him. But you. You are right about if they're. If you're not happy today as a Bengals fan, then stop being a fan because there's no point. You'll never be happy. You'll be you'll have a miserable existence if you can't look at the wins in the postseason as a joyous moment. And it felt like, to answer your question about the expectations, it felt like we met expectations as long as we beat anybody but the Bills or the Chiefs. Right? As long as we didn't lose to those two teams – we met expectations because those are the teams that we, we think we're on a similar pedestal of. So if we lose to anybody else in the postseason, then it feels like a letdown. We didn't do that. We either are going to beat we, – we got a chance to beat the Bills this weekend and then moving forward. So we've met the expectations. Anything now is gravy. Nick Kirby, see his comment? No, I did not. What did he say? He loves the Mark Lewis Grand Slam, Reed. Love it. Loves the Mark Lewis Grand Slam. Yeah. Hamilton native. I – I just again, we'll we'll send it over to the, the 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 computer station. I don't know exactly what we want to call that. The producers over there, um, and get their thoughts on it. I just, I will give all the credit in the world to Lou, but I think that at some point you just say it is what it is. They have good defensive players. That's why they're good on defense. Pretty simple. I agree, but you've seen also the players got better. Scheme got better from the first couple of years. It's a combined effort. I will say, Lou coming off the field last night, he was, like, pumping up the crowd, which I, I you rarely see a lot of personality out of Lou. So that was pretty fun to see. And then if you go on the Bengals' Twitter and watch the victory speech where they're giving out the game balls from Zach Taylor, he gives it to Lou, and Lou drops, I would think, an F-bomb and spikes the ball in the middle of the, of the locker room. So I was fired up. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to quote one of my favorite – Sports analyst, Shannon Sharp. Two things can be true at once. And Luana Rumo's a really good coach, and we have really good players. And the two of them together make a really good football team. So that's all I got to say about that. That's fair. Um, so I'm going to jump to something really quick, which gives me the QB narratives. I think, I, I think I've softened my heart significantly when it comes to QBs. I, I, I watched the, the NFL slate. It's the first time I've really got a chance to watch full games in there in its entirety, right? I'm an NFL red zone kind of guy. I know Tom always makes fun of folks like us. I watch the Packers for the most part in their entirety, and then I watch NFL red zone. So you don't get a chance to see these guys play all that often, right? You look at the box scores. You look to see whether or not they won or lost. 
I've come to the conclusion that there's a lot of good NFL quarterbacks. It just comes down to whether or not you have an offensive line and whether or not you have a system in place that allows you to be good or not. Now, I will say there are still ones out there that I don't believe in that I don't think are good. But Kirk Cousins impressed the hell out of me. I've never seen Kirk Cousins rip footballs like that. And maybe it's just because I haven't been paying attention enough. But Kirk Cousins was making great throws. I know they didn't win the game. But they lost that game. And if I didn't watch that game, I'd have this narrative that, oh, I seen a clip on the internet that Kirk Cousins throws, and it was dumb, throws a four-yard pass on a fourth and ten or whatever, whatever it ended up being. I don't know if you guys even seen the clip. But he, he makes a dump-off pass when they needed a first down. It reminded me of Dobbs a few weeks back. and um, But let me tell you something. Kirk Cousins played incredibly well. And I'm going to get off the train of thinking he sucks. I, I actually saw, think Kirk Cousins good is good. You saw good Kirk. Casey, I'm sending you something to pull up right now if you can. Okay. The NFL as a whole, the quarterback play over the past 10 years is so much higher than it was when we were kids. I mean... Can you imagine John Kenton slinging the pigskin around in the NFL nowadays? Good golly, not a chance in, in H-E double hockey sticks. And Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, guys like that who we think are, you know, middle to upper middle, those guys would be legends 15 years ago. That's, That's just the NFL as a whole has gotten better as sports as a whole just continue to get better. Look at this. Trace. Yeah, this is the one one Hail Mary throw that the guy can make. Go so, ahead. Well, I've seen the it. Better part of this, the better part of this was the caption from somebody. Uh, uh, Luke Sawhook tweeted this. It looks like Let's he see. goes to Miami. I've seen this clip. And it says, Justin Fields is a running back. He can't throw. LMAO. Okay, watch this. Get, get back to me. <laughs> That's a hell of a throw. That's a hell of a throw. You know who else made a really good throw? And I don't know off the top of my head. 2014, I know there's some Buckeye fans in the chat. You're going to be able to tell me. There was a, uh, a, wide receiver, a wide receiver pass in that game. The 2014 game against Alabama. And the kid threw an absolute dime. I mean, he looked like... He looked like... It might have been the best throw in the game. It was that good. So, my point is, is that a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. I'm not going to get on this Justin Fields train. I'm trying to stay off of that right now with the QB narratives. We're going to move Justin Fields aside. I do think the best thing that could happen for the Bears organization, they could draft Bryce Young and or C.J. Stroud and then move Fields to running back, and they'd have the best backfield in the entire NFL. But they're not going to do that because they're a bad organization, and they've proved it for years. Moving on. The other narratives that, I, that, I, that I've learned of, yeah. Daniel Jones. He's a good quarterback. Daniel Jones is Paul. a good quarterback. Hey. First time I've watched Daniel Jones play for more than maybe five snaps all year long. And maybe it was just because they were playing the the um, Vikings in their Swiss cheese defense. Maybe that's why it was. But I'm going to tell you something, Paul. I've never seen him play. Daniel Jones can play. Look, he can sling it. Had a, you know, not every game. Not every game. Daniel Jones is like the the one news topic. Like uh, I'll throw something out there that you don't fully understand. Like when they talk about like the bond market crashing or something like yeah. that. Like you just like you don't hear about it for forever, and then all of a sudden people will be like Daniel Jones with a good game. You're like wait, like we still talking if Daniel Jones is good? It's it, it's 
three times a year in the NFL season. Like, should the Giants extend Daniel Jones? Should they commit to Daniel Jones? And we're like, are we still talking about Daniel Jones? What am I missing here? And then you watch him play, and he does well. <laughs> you're like, okay. Then you watch him play, and he does shitty. And you're like, okay, now I understand why we have this discussion six times a year yeah. about whether they should extend him or not. Yeah. Lure up, <laughs> Lure up does bring up a beautiful point in the Chicago Bears offense. He said the flea flickers. Could you imagine the halfback passes? I'm just saying. I mean, that's a dynamic offense if I've ever seen one. You want to flip the NFL on its head? Throw Justin Fields at running back. They need what that that pitch out to the right isn't going to be a pitch anymore. It's going to be a screen pass. They just they they draft they draft another quarterback and they just have them both stand in the backfield at the same time and you don't know who it's going to snap to. I don't know. They should give some thought in Chicago. Can't get any worse. Um, you another. Yeah. You go know, ahead. Well, you're going you're gonna to dive in. You, you don't think Justin Herbert deserves any flack th this weekend? I think Justin Herbert missed on a couple throws, right? I do think he missed on a couple throws. A couple throws that might have made the difference in the game. But to sit here and think that Justin Herbert somehow isn't, isn't a top-level quarterback or somehow look at him and Joe Burrow, this whole Joe Burrow and Herbert thing is just, I don't get it. it I, I, don't, I don't get it. It's a weird thing. They don't play in the same division. The guy, the guy plays completely across the other side of the country. You don't really ever get the chance to really watch the two of them play at the same time. They've never really played each other outside of like one, maybe one time. Have they ever even started against each other? I don't know. I do understand they came out of the same draft class. Mm -hmm. I do understand the notion that one person, one fan base wants to argue that the one's better than the other. I just, I'm going to plead the fifth and say they're both great. I'm going to plead the fifth and say they're both great. And then that's okay to say because the idea that Trevor Lawrence is getting praise after the football game that he played and somehow Herbert isn't getting any love and he's the reason they lost, then what's the, it's like, then I guess it's just a one-on-one -on -one drill. Like football no longer is about a defense. It's no longer about special teams. It's no, it's no longer about whether or not your offensive lineman can ex expose their will on the other defensive line to be able to run the ball for four or five or six yards of carry. Now it's just what quarterback do you have? And that's so ridiculous. And I know it's sports talk, and I know it's fandom, but the idea that now Herbert is getting crushed because he lost that game, it reminds me It reminds me of like sitting here saying that, I don't know, Drew Brees isn't any good because he couldn't ever get to the big one. Or whoever else, whatever quarterback you want to pluck off the, the, the tree there. It's low-hanging fruit. I get it. They lost. They blew a big lead. But Herbert didn't turn the ball over one time. And didn't play that bad of a game. Somehow Trevor Lawrence is the man. He threw four interceptions. It Make it make sense, people. It doesn't. And the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is, as Bengal fans, you want, you want the guy to fail to do what? So the Chiefs has a, have a walk-in home playoff game to get to the Super Bowl? Because that's what they have. You can convince yourself all you want. Go ahead, folks. Convince yourself all you want to think they have a chance against the Chiefs. They have no chance. This is the same guy that sat up here and told you that the Bills were going to have a tough game against the Dolphins. You just had a chance to host a home playoff game, possibly, at home against the Chargers. And instead, now you're going to have to go play in Kansas City, which I'm not saying you should be scared of. I'm just saying that's the truth. So I, I, I've almost become a Herbert Stan because of everyone else. I just say that he's a damn good he's a damn good quarterback, can sling the ball, can make all the throws. Doesn't have that many guys around him that are very good, if we're being honest. Plays for the Chargers. It's not like this guy's playing, you know, for the Ravens. 
I would understand that. Or the Browns or the Steelers. I I don't get it, guys. That's all I'm getting at. It bothers the hell out of me because the guys like I watch NFL football. I'm like, that guy's fun to watch. He throws the shit out of the ball. But now Bengals fans are like, no, he sucks. Now you see Joe Burrow last night? You see Joe Burrow in the second half last night? He won them that game. They look great. It's like, I don't want to crush Joe Burrow up here. But Joe Burrow didn't do a whole lot last night that would make me think that he's the reason the Bengals won. But he is good. He is great. He does a lot with less sometimes. I'm not going to turn this into Joe Burrow slander from my perspective on trying to defend Herbert because Joe Burrow is great. And so is, so is Herbert. So is Herbert. That's my last thing on the whole thing. Bills. Well, well I was just going to go into to at least clarify why there is a rivalry there. And it and it's it is a weird rivalry, right? Because they like you said they don't play in the same division. They've only played against each other twice. So it's just the fact that they came in the same draft class and pretty immediately showed success. So then everyone starts going like, dude, this Justin Herbert guy's great. Hey, this Joe Burrow guy's great. So then it becomes a competition between these two fan bases here in our little ecosystem of Twitter to where every time Joe Burrow does something bad, Chargers are in Bengals fans' mentions like, ah, Justin Herbert's way better. And the same thing goes vice versa. Anytime that Justin Herbert does something bad, Bengals fans hop on on Chargers. And it's just kind of organically become this, this rivalry, albeit a weird one. And to say why Bengals fans were, were hopping on Justin Herbert, if you're going to have this rivalry and the opposite side blows a 27-point lead, that seems about as good a time as any to, 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 jump, to jump on and, you know, stake a flag and saying, man, the, 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 our guy's better than your guy. And that's the whole point. It's just fandoms being fans. Not that it's right, not that it's wrong. It's just what fans do. Okay, well that's fine. There's not so there's not a logical explanation for it. It's just because fans are fans, and, right. and that's fair. That's a good enough answer for me. But and I'd say both played pretty pretty similarly in their playoff game. Yeah, just one has a way better team. One guy has a hell of a defense. One guy has three elite receivers and a pretty good pair of running backs. Now his offensive line is trash. He is trash. But it is what it is. So my whole thought on the QB narratives to get this out of the way is this. I actually think there's a lot of good QBs in this league. You just got to put them in the right place at the right time. Purdy's a, Purdy's a beautiful example of that as well. So I'm not going to, I'm not, there's a, there's, I'm not going to say every quarterback's great, but I think there's a lot, a lot of good quarterbacks in this league. How many a good, lot of them. Give me a number. How many good quarterbacks out of the 32 starters? I'd say 25 of them can win a Super Bowl. Yep. Wow. Are you telling me 25 quarterbacks can't win a Super Bowl with the 49ers? Brock oh, well. No, oh, 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 oh. Go ahead. I want to hear you tell me which guys can't win a Super Bowl with the 49ers, Casey. <sighs> Hang on. Let me let me pull this up real quick. I want to <laughs> see. I've got to look at all these teams. Kenny Pickett probably could not win a Super Bowl with the 49ers. Uh, I mean, he's got, he's that's got fair. a, similar, he's that's got a fine. similar defense. One. Um... I'll tell you what, I want you to think on that while we talk about the big bad Bills. Yeah, let me think on it. Because here's my thought on the Bills. I do think they're a good football team. I'm not going to sit here and take it away. They've won, what, 14 games and they've gotten one taken away from them? They're obviously pretty damn good. But I don't believe they're of the same variety of a 49ers. I don't think they're the same variety of a Philadelphia Eagles. 
I think they play the similar to the same brand of football to a certain extent, right? The smash mouth type. And I think they rely way too much on one guy. Way too much on one guy. You can say whatever you want about the Bengals. You can say that Joe Burrow gets hurt, they're screwed. Yeah, they are. Just like every, every, almost every other team in the NFL, if their starting quarterback goes down, they're screwed. Yes. But the Bengals can have a game to where, in my opinion, Joe Burrow doesn't play great and they still can win. I don't know, in, in, the, in the playoffs, that is. I don't think that's the case, in my opinion, for the Bills. And maybe Josh Allen can ride the wave. And maybe he plays unbelievable for the next three games. And they win it all. But I'm not hanging my hat on that if I'm an outsider perspective from the Buffalo situation or area. Right? If you're a Bills fan, you're going to have these rose-shaded glasses they're gonna, you're going to think that you're, you're dominant. No matter what's going to happen, you're going to eventually win, just like every other fan base for the most part. But I'm not sold on the Bills at all right now. I'm not. You've seen what happened with Miami. They went up there, and it wasn't just that Miami went up there and almost won. It's the way in which they did it, right? It's the same things that have plagued the Bills in the past, which is sloppy ball handling and a defense right now that – I wouldn't compare them to the top-level defenses in this league. When Skylar Thompson, and you can say whatever you want about Skylar Thompson, and you could say, well, if they had Tua, they would have won. I don't know. If, if they had Tua, I don't know if they would have won. Skylar Thompson was making throws. You can't drop passes time and time again that would have led to points and expect to win. Waddle, he's a great player, had a bad game. That happens. Mm-hmm. But... My point is, is like, you can't have it both ways. I'm not going to sit up here and be like, well, if Tua would have played, that they would have sure won. I, I actually think Skyler played well, guys. I watched the game. I thought he made throws. I, I will say the reason that they almost found a way to win it all in the end was because the Bills turned the ball over. And that's what the Bengals are going to have to do. So before we sit here and we act like, well, how are we going to protect Joe Burrow? Maybe you don't need to protect Joe Burrow that long. You know? There might be a situation where I'm not sold on the Bills' defense. I'm also not sold on the idea that Josh Allen isn't going to turn the ball over three times and you win the game that way. I'm not trying to crush the Bills, but I, I, don't, I don't view them in the same light. Like if we did the stink list, Casey, I'm not, I actually think the Bills are on a level lower. And I think at this point, to be fair, I think the Bengals have kind of slided because of injuries to that level lower to where they're not up there with the elites, like like I think the Bills fans think they are. Thoughts on the Bills? And I know this isn't like bullets and board material stuff. I'm just saying in general, when you you guys even might not even have a chance to watch the Bills because you were tailgating, but like when you watch the Bills, does anyone actually think that they're like the same level as a Niners team or an Eagles team? Because I don't. I, I think the Bills the they remind me of like Mike Tyson. Right, you watch him play. You you watch Mike Tyson box, and you know you see cracks in his game. You see cracks in the Bills game, but they just got that chance to just wow you every once in a while. And the Bills do that. You, you, they're a deeply flawed team, but they still just they wow you every once in a while. And the, yeah, the, the Bills are beatable. I don't think anybody thinks that they aren't. 49ers look almost unbeatable, though. They really do. 
Yeah, I mean, you have Bills fans that are that are friends, Paul. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's the notion? What what what? I mean, I know that's a small sample size of an entire fan base, but what's their thoughts on all of it? Oh, it's an invincible team. An invincible team that I have tried to talk some sense into that may not be so invincible, but I, oh man, there's a lot of optimism, I'll say that, for a Super Bowl run. Maybe I've kind of been, maybe I've kind of been warped into that too with how I picked my bracket last week. I don't know. But yeah, it's, uh, I think the Bills this week, they have a lot to prove, right? At home, somebody on, I don't remember who it was, but somebody on the show last week when we were talking was talking about, is Buffalo the absolutely crazy place to play that everybody seems to make it out to say that it is? You know, is, is it this impenetrable home advantage that everybody makes it out to seem like it is? I don't know. They, they win a lot at home. They won playoff games at home. Now the Bengals can go up and, and give them a test in their first full game against each other. Well, you know my take on the home field thing. I, I think it's the, it's maybe the most overrated thing in the NFL. As proven in the playoffs every year. How, how did home field treat the Vikings? How did it, I mean, if we're being honest, how did it treat the Bengals last night? I mean. Do you think we win that game if we're in Baltimore? I mean, you could argue that. Under the same circumstances, I don't know if you win that game on a neutral site field. Like like I said, 95 out of 100 times, you probably lose. But I, I just – it doesn't mean it doesn't mean nothing, guys. I'm just saying I don't – I I'm not going to hang the hat on that if they played this game in Buffalo or if they played it in Detroit or Cincinnati that the outcome would be significantly different. I I think that the, the whole home field thing, I think it means something. But one thing I don't want to hear Bengals fans argue about all week is the, the neutral site coin flip thing. I, I, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm over that. I'm over it. Let's flip move a coin. Flip a coin. I'm yeah. past it. So let's just. Let's I'm ready to just it. kick everyone's ass. Yeah, Casey. Casey, what do you think about the Bills? You know, I, I, I kind of fall in the same line as Trace. Um, I do think they've fallen out of that echelon. Um, just after watching them enough, I don't think they're obviously not uh, un unstoppable. To me, the only team right now that seems unstoppable is the 49ers. And uh, honestly, I, I, if, if the Bills and the Bengals play and there's any sign that the Bengals can stop Josh Allen, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, and, you know, we didn't really get enough of a sample size from the game, in my opinion, to know whether or not the Bengals are actually going to roll Buffalo, like a lot of fans might say, you know, just seeing that first five minutes of the first quarter of the game in Cincinnati. But, um, yeah, there's definitely a chance for the Bengals. I really, I really do think there's a chance. I don't think the downgrade from Williams to whoever they put up there is going to be significant enough to really change how things have gone because Williams has not really been that great. Now, there might be more... If Jackson Carmen is there, I think that is actually significantly worse just after watching how he played against the Ravens, and it was bad. I mean, he was on his back probably seven times, seven different times. Casey, you know way more about all of this than I ever will. How much of a difference is the Ravens 
defensive end versus the versus whoever Buffalo would have at defensive end for a guy like Carmen. Like, is last night one of those situations where it's more or less maybe the guy across from him, or is it just more on Carmen for just not being good? I think it's more on just Carmen not being good. Um, I think he, he's shown that he, he just cannot pass block at all. And there, there's a reason why he was only in on, uh, on like, sweet, like adding the extra tackle on, on run plays, the heavy sets. Um, I mean, he's really, really good at run blocking. I mean, he, he can drive. But when it comes to pass blocking, I don't know what his issue is. I don't know if he's just in his head, own head or something, or if it's mechanics. I know a lot of it has to do with some of the mechanics. But there is some issue there where he just cannot – he loses leverage too easy. He gets blown up. And it doesn't matter who's in front of him. It just seems like that is his game, um, which is unfortunate. I, I do really wonder what they what they decide to do. If they bring Isaiah Prince, they bring Zay, and he can finally be the king that we all want him to be. <laughs> or if uh, if they decide to move Adeniji over there or what the plan is. But I don't think Carmen can be the long-term or the, the playoff answer. I really don't. But that's not what we well, that's not the original question that you asked. You asked me if the Bills are legitimate or not. I don't think that they are in that top echelon. I don't think that the Bengals are out of this game at all. I think they they have a good fighting chance. And um the only team in my mind that's unstoppable right now is the 49ers. And I I'm going to push back a little bit on the Niners because I think that I have a guy at quarterback that I I he's played great. And I'm not going to say that he's not going to continue to play great, but them lights are going to get real bright soon. And, 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 and listen, Brock Purdy, it's been a good storybook run, but it only takes one really bad half of football to ruin it at the highest level. I mean, when I would personally think that the Eagles, I think the Eagles are the team that until I see them get beat in a playoff format, then, then I'm going to say that they're the best team in the NFC. So I'm not even going to give the Niners... I mean, I think they look amazing, but I'm not going to sit here and act like Brock Purdy can't go out there and play one bad half of football and cost them the game. Which... Now, whoever whoever wins this game tonight is who the Niners play, right? They're either going to play Tom Brady yes. or Dak Prescott. Yeah, not an easy out there either. No. This point in the this point in the postseason, every every game's tough. You don't you don't get a you don't get a whole lot of gimmies. I think the Chiefs got a gimme. <laughs> I don't. I think the Chiefs. Jack got a shocked gimme. the world. I just don't Bengals see Bengals host the AFC Championship game. I like his scenario a lot. <laughs> is, is that what it that's, is with I, Bengals fans? Like, really quick, I'm going to ask this question to you guys. Is it more or less something that you've seen that you thought, you know what, maybe this maybe this Jags team can go into Kansas City and they can win this game? Or is it just you guys are holding on to the hope or the theory that you might get the AFC Championship at home? Both of you. That's the. I mean, that's the dreamer in me. It's not. Um, it's not very realistic, but I don't know. Football gods have a weird way of making things happen sometimes. I mean, I was that playoff run last year for the Bengals was very magical. Very well, let, me get, let me try to give it some validity. I mean, there's got to be something said from coming back from 0 to 27. 27-0. <laughs> Whatever, 27-0. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. A team that's able to come back from 27 down – I think deserves to to at least be taken seriously. I don't think that they're just an automatic L. I think they're going to be a close game, and now we 
I'm going to trust what the system tells me too. Okay. If the system says that's not the case, then well, I got, I got one system for you, Casey. Well, wait, before I say this, is this game Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Saturday. Oh, Trevor Lawrence on a Saturday. Never lost on a Saturday. Yeah, high school, high school college, college, NFL. He's never lost. Oh boy! In the vault. In the vault. Put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Hammer it. Look, it's just a stat. Is so one one question I have about is are the Ravens the best defense that the Bengals would are gonna pl would play in a, in a run? I think so. At least on the AFC side, right? Like yeah. the, the Bills, the Chiefs, or the Jaguars do not have as good of a defense no, as no. the Ravens. No. And you could you could argue that the Eagles or the 49ers do, but they're they're pr pretty comparable, right? That's the toughest defense the Bengals will play. I would agree with that. Okay, just 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 wondering, just questionable. How much of the whole notion of you got nothing to lose matters? Do you think that, that yes. goes? Do you think that matters at all? In uh, Jacksonville, what playing with well, house money for Jacksonville? I'd also say the Bengals are playing with house money, man. Are they not? Nah. I don't know. I, if I'm waking up today as a Bengal fan, I'm or not even a fan as a player. I'm thinking, you know what? Hell with it. I don't care who we got on the O-line, whether they're healthy or not. We got a chance to go to Buffalo and win when we should have probably never had a chance. No? Is that too crazy to think? I know no, the Jags I've, I've, definitely feel that way, but I've, I... I felt like they expected to be in a divisional game. So that's yeah. where we've met the expectations, right? To, to answer your earlier question, we, we've met the expectations... But I don't think it's a playing with house money kind of thing. I think the Jaguars are in that are in that situation. Well, we'll see. I have I have there's nowhere in my head. Obviously, if the system comes out and it says the Jags, you're going to hear me come up with some slanderous way of trying to figure out how the Jags are winning this game. I don't see it, man. I I just don't see how in the world the Jaguars. You said there's something to be said about someone that came back from 27 nothing. Zero to 27. Zero to 27 is what he said. There's also something to be said, Casey, by the fact that you were down 27 nothing <laughs> At home. Right. Patrick, at home. Patrick Mahomes also came back in the postseason down 24 to nothing. so people forget that. So both teams have they were also this. They were also up, what, 21-3 last year in the AFC Championship game? Yeah, the, the, here's the thing. Someone in the chat, I can't remember who it was, mm -hmm. asked if you can What's that? come back and win, grind out a win, or just make the final play. And I think the Jags can do all those. They've proved it in the, in, the, in the regular season. When they came back and beat the, the Cowboys, they made the final play, the two-point conversion to beat the, the, the Ravens. I mean, I think this team is equipped enough, depending on the scenario, to make a serious push against the, the Chiefs. I, I don't think it's going to be a, an easy, easy road for them. And they've got some serious pass rushers. I like I like the pair of pass rushers a lot. Josh Allen and and is it Walk? No, it's not Walker. Who's the Georgia kid? Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker. Yeah. yeah, I really like them a lot. Yeah, he's a good player, but at the end of the at the end of the day, the, the Chiefs. I, I, I've sat up here and said I don't know if they're as good as everyone always makes them out to be. You've heard my take on their quarterback. I'm not going to get into the whole Mahomes situation. I think that again, he's a guy that is a he's a he's a I'll use the word great hesitantly. I think that he's been very fortunate in his career. We'll go down that path. But at the end of the day, he's a good player. He's, he's a guy that can make plays. I don't know if I'm going to sleep on the Chiefs as hard as some people have been sleeping on them. You know? I mean, they've 
they've proven time and time again they're a pretty damn good out or a pretty tough out in the playoffs. And I don't see the Jaguars standing any chance to win that game. And hey, I hope I'm wrong. If if the Bengals were to host the AFC Championship oh. against the Jaguars, you want about Cincinnati being on fire? Place would be nuts. Yeah, it'd be nuts. Burnt, it'd be burning to the ground. That's how crazy. It'd be, it'd be yesterday times a million. Oh, it'd be. They'd be the get, wild. The get-in price would be five hundred bucks. Yeah, no doubt. No, no doubt. Um, all right, we're gonna go to the vault. I don't know. I haven't really dug into this today. I don't like. I don't think there's well, a whole lot. There's not a whole. Well, there's lot there. college basketball going on there's right now. College basketball full, going on right now. NBA. Full yeah, full transparency. The pick I was gonna give has already hit. So what were we gonna uh, give? Georgetown first half. It's literally. It. I think it. It might have hit every game this season. What was Georgetown's like first at plus, plus seven plus eight plus eight plus eight and they are down four right now. Seems like a lot of hindsight betting over here, Paul. They are down. Five. If you're in the Discord, you would have seen the pick. I can we get something out of the way real fast? I've seen this come up in the chat a few times, and I'm not trying to like make you know. I don't want to come off as like an asshole. I guess is the only word that comes to my mind, but the idea that sports are scripted or the NFL is scripted is just. I mean, we shouldn't even have this conversation. Like, the, the, it's, it's, it's literally impossible. We, you know, like secrets in the NFL? I mean, look at all the scandals that go on in sports that you find out about because nobody can keep a secret. Could you imagine there being how many players in the NFL? Right, thousands and thousands. Currently, there's what, 32 times 56? So whatever that equals out to. All of those players, fifteen hundred. All of those players are able to keep a secret. No, it's not scripted. Of course, it's not scripted. We all know that. So there's no point in even talking about it. So we're gonna move on from that. But do we have any winners for tonight? Uh, Purdue plays Michigan State. They're three and a half point favorites. In Tom Hizzo's house, Purdue number three team in the country. Um, I like that too. I've seen that. I. Why? Why is why is everyone all over Michigan State though? That didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. They're looking better. They're looking better. They're they just lost on better. Friday to Illinois. Lost right. a big lead. I Illinois, had Illinois minus Fantastic. nine was my was my pick tonight. So, but I'm not in the vault, so I'm still outside the vault. Come on, give us Come a on. pick. God, this weekend. Give us a pick, Paul. We're gonna save you from the Saturday of night. Hell. Trace texted me. I know. And I was down about. The vibes changed real fast. I mean, it was like changed on a whim. Flip the script. Because UCLA, I parlayed UCLA and Texas Live. Didn't get me nearly all the way back, but it, it made the day a little more manageable. Saturday was brutal. So there's just a lot of upsets. And there's like two or three Saturdays every college basketball season where that happens. That was this past Saturday. I was just looking at the matchups, and I didn't think – that it would happen like that. Like Kentucky, like what I was telling Brandon, I fully expected Kentucky to pull a game like that. Where's my round nowhere. of applause? Where are my fans? No, you, hey, you were on it. You were on it. But I was down bad. About 8.30 Saturday night, I was, I was on full tilt. I was as bad. I was down as bad as I've been in a long time. You guys all then laughed at me. things rebounded. All laughed bit. at me. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet UC they don't play till Thursday, but I've decided I'm gonna bet UCLA unders until I lose. Because I've hit four in a row. Oh yeah, those are smacking too. I just I just bet UCLA under and don't even think about it. And it's it's hit. How did our parlay do? 
I don't even know. It lost its first leg, so then it. it oh, okay, to, all right. Went to went to kaput after that. Okay. Um, but I've I've got to sit here and I've got I've got to own I've got to own last Friday's show. I mean, I Trace Trace made this big take against the Bills and the Dolphins, and he said not only that the Dolphins would cover, which they obviously did, said they'd have a chance to win pretty pretty early on. That that was evidently true, and I I pushed back against you, said that there was no way that my mind could wrap around. The, the the Dolphins being able to beat the Bills and sure sure is uh it can be came down to the wire on that one so I've got to got to eat my words I was dead wrong in the rights and I've just got to learn now when Trace talks I've got to listen I just I, I it's can't, not bad you I know can't. what it is it's just, it's the thing that we've all become cult leaders to in this office that it's okay to just say that that's why it's okay just to blindly have faith in that has it really let you down ever. I mean, it might maybe like once out of every like 20 times has that ever really let us significantly down. I know one that it has. In big games, it has. Marquette against North Carolina last year, big letdown. But outside you, you of that, most against, of the time it's right. You see against Bama. It did. You see Bama. And, see and Bama honestly, really you, we're talking about UC football. UC football, sh I don't know. Maybe That's a fade. Automatic. UC, UC football last year, I think – they could have, they could have, and should have been in that football game. But that's here nor there. That's a long, long, long overdue. Um, Seho supposedly knows puck. Do you know Seho puck tonight? I, no puck tonight. No puck tonight. I had a rough Sunday. Of, of so are we taking a Monday thing. off? Is that what we're doing? No, we're just gonna, gonna do a small bet on the Buccaneers. Just You're taking the Bucks. Bucks money line. That's all. Okay. Yeah. I'm taking the Jazz tonight. My, uh, not money line. Uh oh. If Casey's talking NBA, he's seeing some percentages true. over there, baby. That's true. He's seeing yeah. percentages. I also Casey really uh, – I am going to say one more thing about college basketball. Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to say. Oh, okay. That counts. All right, that counts. We've That's, got another that, one, Trace. We, we, I, I, yeah, I've been cooking this one up, but uh, do we – just yeah, go, we go ahead. We'll go ahead. We'll, we got Can, I, we get, can I guess what? Can yeah, I guess you, what it is? Yeah. I know it's a tick that I have. You ready for it? You say it's probably six to eight times a show. Having Tough. said that. No. No. I mean, yes, you do say that, but everybody needs like something to you move need... the sentence along. Right. That's yours. I'm not. I won't tell you about it? that. It's when you switch to a new topic and you say, "I don't want to spend a ton of time on this." All right. Fair. That's almost every topic. Every topic in the history of this show starts <laughs> off of. We're not going to talk about this for too long, or we're not going to spend a whole that's lot like of time. That's like Forty-five. Like and then we're not going to do a half it. hour on that topic, which is fine. I mean, that's why we're doing the show. That's why we have all the topics. We want to spend time. I love that. No, that's fair. I I know I do it's that. Real time grading. I know I do that. Uh, anyway, no. What I was going to say is, uh, I have a free bet right now on Georgetown money line. I am bound and determined to be on the Hoyas when they finally win a Big East game against Nova too. I'm at Nova. At I'm Nova. bound and determined to finally be on the right. They're not going to win today. That game's live right now, correct? It is. Their second half. Get out the Betfred app if you guys want an appetizer. Appetizer went four and two last week. The early bets, they, they get get your belly rumbling. There's some games today. If you want an appetizer, it's tied. Take the over in the first half of the Purdue Michigan State game. I'll 62. ride this with you. 62. Four and two last week on the appetizers. And I'll be honest with you guys, there's not a whole lot of thought process in. You just look at a line, and then it's got to be an early game, and you bet a first half. Those are the only rules of the appetizer. But they hit well last week. So we'll, we'll keep it rolling. First half, Purdue, Michigan State over 62. So there you go. All right. Maybe I'm a square for this, but the Bedfred sports book, I don't want to call it the pick of the day, but are the Cowboys just 
too too obvious of a choice. Is anyone in their right mind think that Tom Brady, when you've watched him all year long, yes. and this Buccaneers team yes. can win a game? Yes. I just don't see it, Seho. And maybe you can... America's team, fraud. Explain to me how, how, the, how the Cowboys lose this game. I don't know how in the hell they lose this game. It just feels like a game the Cowboys are going to lose. I have no definition. I have no stats. I have no analogy. It just feels like Tom Brady's going to go beat the Cowboys. And, yeah, that's all I have. Just total gut. I mean, like, no matter that what. That was the Kentucky feeling, too. Like, no matter what you pick, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, we should have seen this coming. Isn't it? Good point, Casey. Isn't yeah, it like, funny that if it was a better quarterback, quarterbacking the Buccaneers, like, say it's a – I think we can all agree that Trevor Lawrence is probably a better quarterback at this place in time than Tom Brady. Yep. If Trevor Lawrence was the quarterback of the Buccaneers for this game, the line – would be Cowboys minus seven. That's how it'd, I feel. It'd be a five-point difference in the line. The only reason that the line is where it's at is because the quarterback of the Buccaneers just happens to be a 45-year-old version of the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. Right. It's the only reason. And the Cowboys have had postseason woes. Well, the Bucs center is back today, too. That's big. He, big got, he got activated. We know centers change ball games. What about the, what about the Buccaneers? They're, they're just such a, a bipolar-type team, though, right? To where... They did it in the Bengals game. The first half of the Bengals game, they look legit. Great defense. And in the second half, they look like the Buccaneers have looked time and time again. And that's scary when you're trying to place a wager on one side or the other because you just don't know what you're going to get. It almost feels like the Cowboys... I, I have to bet the Cowboys because if I don't, I'm just going to be... I'd rather just hand my money over and lose it because I was just completely way off base again. They had to sit at home not bet this game. I'd rather lose money than to sit at home, not bet this game, and the Cowboys go out and they win by 21 points. I think I think Casey said it best. is Whoever whoever covers this game tonight, you're going to be like, ah, we could have saw that from a mile away. Because yeah. right? if the Cowboys cover, you're like, yeah, they're the better team. If Tom Brady covers and the Buccaneers cover, like, yeah, they got Tom Brady. I'll throw a dollar in the jar because I, I, I stopped it before, but I'll say it anyways. I will say this. Has a team come into the postseason worse than the Cowboys just limped in? I mean, they just played the Commanders, who had nothing to play for. We're playing their backup quarterback in Sam Howe. And the Cowboys played everybody, started everybody. Because they needed to win a game for the outside chance that they could be the, be the, the NFC East winner. And they lost 26-6 to to a backup quarterback playing for nothing. And the Commanders. Yeah. That's, that's something that, you, I mean, you talk about limping into the postseason. Wait a second, wait a second, Kirby. Bucks, Kirby, let's ride. Kirby oh, no. has a development in the chat. The Georgetown Hoyas at the under-16 timeout are winning 44-42. Hell yeah. Let's get some lunch. Are we sure of that? Or I read that backwards. I took I, – I, I read that as the – Plus 300. Am I wrong? Hold on. I, plus 300 so – my body is shaking. I'm so hungry. So yeah, yeah. I have not eaten a real really? meal in like two days. So Hoyas lead. You got, you're not. You're not lying. Hoyas lead. Hoyas. Hoyas lead. Forty-four, forty-two. Here's Nova's what we're so gonna do. Bad. Here's what we're gonna do. And if Nova's you don't do it, so if you don't do it, then you're not. Then ADP is not gonna run the next payroll on your specific account. You got to put at least five bucks on it. And I don't care if this is illegal or not. 
You got to ride with the Hoyas right now, right, live yeah, on the money I'm in line. it plus 680. Well, it doesn't, we're not going to get it as good as you got it. Oh, okay. I, I already, we're, we're, we're on in the second half up by two, but we're going to ride that. Already we're going to ride it in the lunch. Plus 220. We got to go oh, find. Oh, I got it at plus 300. So we got to go, we got to go find somewhere right now to ride this out with Paul and get him back in good graces because my man I, Paul was down bad. He's been, down he's bad. been, he's been down bad, but we're going to, like I said, Patrick Ewing, going to get him out of the grave. We'll get out of the grave. I trust. I trust this group to get me out of the grave. No, All right. Where do you want to go? Where do, do we have scratch. a wheel of lunch, or do we just want to make a decision and go? Because what's we a got... quick place with a little TV? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Taco Bell doesn't have a TV. No. No. Fifteen minutes, fifty-six seconds left. Forty-four. But we could just forty-two. Get food and yeah. watch it here. We, we could, could just go to McDonald's and watch the end here. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like the most likely thing. Or yeah. Or Anywhere around the corner. All right. I'll tell you what we're going to do, too. Casey, you ready for this one? <laughs> I'm ready. Casey's the one who's going to have to figure out how to do it. If we get back from lunch and there's eight minutes left or less and the Georgetown Hoyas are within four points or less, we're just going to go live and ride this thing out with everybody. I don't know how many people will be back, but right now, if you want to hang out with us in the next 30 minutes, you can get on your phone on the Bedford app. I don't even think there's other apps, just Betfred. But get on the app. Toss whatever you want to toss on Georgetown. You know, a dollar. Put a dollar on it if you want to. And then come back and hang out with us. But if it's not close, we're not going back. We're not going live. Yeah. But if it is, we're going to go live. We're going to sweat this thing out together. We might be back in 30 minutes. We might not. Get in the Discord, too. We'll find. Get in the Discord. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back on Wednesday. Tom will be back tomorrow. Better than ever. Thank you for making this part of your day. Take care. We'll be back maybe or maybe not in 30 minutes. See ya.